Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone. Today we will be discussing Season 6, Episode 24, The Cover-Up. In this episode, Michael is happy with his new relationship, Dwight is on the case, and Daryl pushes Andy down the rabbit hole. This episode's cold open is... Ah, uh, lame. I don't know. It's it's an okay joke, but... As we said last episode, they're sort of running out of cold open ideas, which is understandable. It's hard to write something short and snappy and catchy, I would say. So in this cold open, Jim and Pam are talking in Morse code about Dwight in front of Dwight. And unsurprisingly, Dwight is fluent in Morse code. It's similar to other pranks that Jim has pulled on Dwight where he's convincing, he's basically gaslighting Dwight. He's convincing Dwight that he is crazy for thinking that what's happening is actually happening. And this all started when Dwight was tapping his foot on his chair and Pam asked him to stop because they're all in this open desk clump. And Dwight said that he would only stop once Pam lost the baby weight, which is just rude and terrible to say. So in order to get revenge, they decided to spend their limited time and budget on getting a babysitter for the baby and taking classes in Morse code so they could talk about Dwight in front of him. Which to me doesn't really, like, the those things don't equal each no. other. Not at all. Dwight is just being a dick, as most of society is, about returning to your pre-pregnancy form. And then, yeah, it doesn't equate to then just talk about him in Morse code. That's a lot of time and effort by Jim and Pam when they could have just done, like, a very short, quick prank that Jim has done many times over. The main plot point of this episode revolves around Michael's new relationship with Donna. Michael very enthusiastically shares the details of he and Donna's relationship with an interstitial with a camera. And then after this, he calls a conference room meeting to basically brainstorm ideas for things that he and Donna can do this coming weekend. He's basically doing a Google search, like, in person. He's pulling people to get Google results for this. So he just asked people, you know, what do you like to do on the weekend? And says that last week he and Donna went to the Poconos on a Tuesday. This statement and how they had a great time decided to go to, he said he decided to go to this little Chinese bistro called P.F. Chang's. Which I don't believe for a second that Michael has not heard of P.F. Chang's. But this statement about going to the Poconos on a Tuesday starts this cascade by Kelly and then Ryan about how Donna is definitely cheating because why on earth would you go all the way up to the Poconos on a Tuesday for P.F. Chang's when there's perfectly good Chinese in Scranton? Now, Kelly and Ryan have always had a very, very dysfunctional relationship, but that has been greatly heightened, I would say, since Ryan returned in season five. 
And you can tell that Ryan is the perpetrator of this dysfunction and Kelly just goes along with it because there's a one-on-one -on -one with the camera in which Ryan gives this litany of clues that someone is cheating. And probably because he does all those things. In a quick side note, another purpose for this conference room meeting is for Michael to flaunt the fact that he's in a relationship and that he is having sex. Which Michael loves to do when that is happening. For sure. And so now that this seed has been placed into Michael's mind about the fact that Donna may or may not be cheating, he now has to find out and he hires Dwight to be a private investigator and to follow Donna to see what her goings on are. Yes, Michael really spirals into the dramatics very quickly and very easily, which again is not surprising for Michael, but he really wallows and takes it basically at face value from Kelly and Ryan that Donna is cheating. Pam tries to put this to a stop and says, you know, you are your own worst enemy. You are the one that torpedoes your own romantic relationships. Just stop like you have a nice girlfriend you had a nice time in the Poconos with her you don't need to make anything more of any of this stuff and this continues this just odd trend of Pam like trying to stick up for Michael and to you know see Michael through to a healthy relationship when really she has no reason to do this exactly she's been around for a long time her mother was one of, you know, his relationship, is part of his relationship graveyard, if you will. And she saw firsthand the disappointment by Helene with Michael Torpedo in that relationship. Why on earth, yeah, she is his cheerleader here and trying to be his relationship, you know, guru, confidant doesn't really make sense i mean i can't really think of who else in the office is going to be filling that role but well, nobody really needs to sure basically i mean we all know that holly and michael end up together so basically what's happening is that these other relationships this relationship with donna for example is just sort of a pit stop in the narrative to getting back to Holly. And so with Dwight on the case, he follows Donna to her gym and he says that the only way to figure out if Donna is cheating is to seduce her and bring her to orgasm and then go back and tell Michael all about it. Yeah, typical Dwight and his, you know, law enforcement and law enforcement adjacent hobbies this is how he intends to like catch Donna and he is a super weirdo at the gym yes he continuously makes sexual advances towards Donna until eventually like he pretty much flat out comes and says hey we should go bang and this obviously does not make Donna very happy because she recognizes Dwight she knows who he is this isn't just some random dude and so that adds another layer I think to kind of her 
unperturbed sense that she's getting here. Yes, Dwight is not very good at being a private investigator here. He openly introduces himself to Donna. He is all up in her business as she's trying to do a workout, and he clearly doesn't go to the gym. I mean, he's working out in his pants that he wears to work with a belt and then just a, like, wife beater undershirt. He's doing, he's putting a weight belt on his head and doing, like, neck lifts, basically. And he's not observing her from afar. He's not, you know, tailing her or anything. He's just literally right up in her business. And ends up eventually confessing to Donna that Michael thinks she's cheating and that's why he is there. So Dwight has to give that news to Michael. And Michael then goes further into the dramatics sits on the floor next to Aaron's desk like moaning and she suggests that maybe he might be more comfortable in his own office but he says that he's doing it for the attention which is just very Michael and actually one moment of self-reflection I guess if you will and so Donna does come to basically confront Michael so rather than Michael confronting Donna or like being an adult about it he's created this situation wherein now he is the person in the relationship like in hot water and so Michael here kind of does his best to dig his way out of this situation he tells Donna that he just really likes her he was afraid that he could be losing her and just needed to know if that was the case And Donna kind of sympathizes with him here and says that, hey, if I tell you I like you, I like you. And you just need to trust me and not trust what other people are saying about our relationship. And so that kind of gets them back on level ground and they start planning a weekend away. So Donna's basically in the office for the day, let's say. It seems like it's around lunchtime. She's going to stick around for lunch and her and Michael are going to plan their little getaway. So she comes in to get like a soda or a snack from one of the vending machines. Kelly's in there, a couple other people, but Jim and Pam are also in there eating lunch. Kelly, I think, if I had to guess, I think Kelly still has her suspicions about Donna. For sure. And she notices that Donna is wearing heart-shaped earrings. They're, they're dangly earrings, kind of larger hearts, I would say. It's a, it's a prominent heart. And so she asked Donna where she got those. Like, who got them for her? Was it Michael? And Donna says, no, she bought them for herself. And then Kelly continues to interrogate her about this, saying, where? At the Steamtown Mall? And Donna's like, yep, yep, at the mall. And so then Kelly rattles off like four or five different stores wanting to know exactly where they came from. And then Donna backpedals and is like, no, actually, I think I got these at a mall in Philadelphia. So then Kelly responds with, I think, three or four different malls in Philadelphia wanting to know exactly which one that Donna purchased them at. And I think Donna just responds the first one. So as Donna is kind of doing this high wire act about the earrings, Pam sort of perks up and think you can tell in her, on her face that she thinks this is a little weird. Yes, she explains in a face-to-face with the camera with Jim that women do not buy heart-shaped 
jewelry for themselves. Generally, it is purchased for them by a partner. And so this kind of keys Pam to do a little digging of her own. And she says that her and Donna have a mutual friend on Facebook. So she was able to see some pictures of Donna on Facebook and they are of Donna being close with a man that is not Michael. Yeah, in one of the pictures, she's kissing this man. And so she goes to show these to Michael and... Michael at first is like very dismissive of Pam um, just trying to because he's in his office with Donna trying to plan their weekend uh, away to Vero Beach and Pam just keeps pleading with Michael about how important this file folder is that she has brought in which of course is the pictures from Facebook And Michael continuously just brushes her off, brushes her off until she was just like, you just have to sign these now. And he opens up the file. And as Pam distracts Donna, Michael sees these pictures and just gets obviously very disheartened and says he has to go to the bathroom and asks Pam to come with him. Michael and Pam have a conversation like in the stairwell where Michael doesn't really know what to do. He's very upset. In the end, he just says to Donna, you're cheating on me. What happens is that Donna reveals, well, yes, she is cheating, but technically she's using Michael to cheat with because she's married. So there is secrecy on Donna's part, and she is making a lot of suggestions about where to go and going out of town and, you know, certain dates and times. Now, she does work now she is a manager at like the Dave and Buster's equivalent. So she's probably gone in the evenings, but it also seems like she does have a flexible schedule if she is telling Michael that they're going to go away for a couple of days. And so that is kind of where things get left off in this storyline in this episode. Now we do see this continue on in the next episode as Michael kind of plays around with how he feels about being cheat E, I guess. Yeah, because when she reveals it to him, he's actually sort of, I don't know, like he's he's into it. He's sort of elated by it. Like, I am I am awesome enough. I am worthy enough to have this person date me and she's cheating on her husband. Yeah, and that probably a lot of that could probably be attributed to Michael's just desperation to be in a relationship of some sort. And so once he learns that like his relationship isn't technically in jeopardy, he's just like, Oh, well, okay, this is fine. Yeah. And I think, and we'll talk about this more next episode, but there's an assumption by Pam that this is it for Michael because Michael is having this conversation with Donna, like out in the parking lot. The other storyline in this episode is a different kind of cover-up. It involves Andy, and then Andy pulls Daryl in on this. So Andy had a call from a client that after a very large printing job, the Sabre printer started smoking and then caught on fire. Andy told this to Gabe, and Gabe said, Oh, that's something I can do with my day. Let me talk to corporate about this. Daryl overhears Andy telling this to Gabe because this is happening in the kitchen. 
and Daryl decides to basically play a prank or mess with Andy in this situation. And Daryl does this as a way to get back at Andy because a couple years ago, apparently, Andy put in a shipment order late and then blamed the warehouse for that shipment going out late. And so Daryl said that he has been biding his time this whole time, waiting for the opportunity to get back at Andy, and this is now that time. Right, because Daryl says he the warehouse got in big trouble and he almost lost his job all because of Andy shifting the blame. And he tells the camera that he knows Andy's an idiot and that something would come up and this is that something. And so when he hears Andy bring this up to Gabe and and Gabe gives his response, Daryl says that, huh, he seemed a little too flippant about that, you know, just as if, that was something that Gabe knew more about than he was letting on. Right. Daryl is trying to spin this to say that there's more going on. Andy's sort of getting caught up in something bigger than himself. And things seem really, really shady. Daryl does say at one point to the camera that he's just improvising. He doesn't have a plan. He's sort of just letting things unfold as it happens. Daryl does convince Creed to walk by Andy at one point and, like, do the throat slashing gesture. And Andy's starting to get nervous. He says, Creed's in quality assurance. If something is up, wouldn't Creed be involved with it? And so Andy's thinking that there's something to this. Daryl keeps convincing him, like, yeah, you're definitely right. You should keep investigating this. Maybe hoping somehow that Andy's just going to look foolish or, you know, get in trouble by Joe or corporate or something. Thinking there's got to be an end game here. And so, as you said, Daryl has kind of been going along with this the entire time. And his opportunity to really cash in on this presents itself when Andy says, I have to get video evidence of these printers catching on fire and so Daryl says he will help film Andy you know making a bunch of copies on this printer and this is where he kind of messes with Andy a little bit he says that as Andy is talking on this video that the camera is something's weird with the sound and that Andy has to talk higher in order for it to sound normal on the camera. And he just, eventually he makes Andy talk in, uh, you know, a pretty high falsetto. The reason Andy decided that he needed to do this video and have video evidence is because Gabe came to him and said, you know, I checked in with corporate. What we have found is that there have been 12 reports out of something like 400,000 sales of smoking or small fires when they've always been user error. And Gabe gives Andy a $5 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts as sort of like a, you know, thanks for letting us know sort of thing. Well, Andy doesn't think that's quite the case. And in this video, he does, in this, you know, basically an experiment, he's having the printer print 300 sheets. Which for certain offices, you know, may not be 
that may be a normal day of printing. However, I would say that probably they're doing it on like an industrial printer and not just your everyday like desktop printer. For sure. Eventually, the printer does start smoking and does spark a small fire. And then Daryl's like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Because he doesn't believe that this is actually happening. He's, again, just trying to make Andy look like a fool. Yes, and this causes Daryl to make the resolution to never participate in pranks anymore because sometimes they just get too real. And so that pretty much wraps up the episode. Let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. I do want to note that we haven't seen Toby for several weeks. I'm not really sure why. And then now that the Aaron and Andy relationship has sort of fallen apart, we are not getting very many Aaron-centric storylines. She's sort of been relegated to the rest of the extended cast to where they get a couple or maybe just one line an episode. So for the annex, this episode was directed by Rain Wilson. It's his first, it's directorial debut on the series. And this was the episode submitted for Steve Carell's Emmy consideration for lead actor in a comedy, which I, not that it was a bad episode. I think I was a little surprised by that. Not sure. Maybe it would have picked maybe the Christmas episode. Not sure what else off the top of my head would have been a better episode for the season. Yeah, because we don't get a whole lot of, like, the, like, it's, the the comedy that we see from Steve Carell in this episode is kind of cheap comedy. He yeah. he's kind of does his bumbling dummy act a couple times in this episode. Uh, when Donna says she wants to go to Vero Beach, Michael is like, oh, man, that sounds so nice. Is there water there? And then when he is kind of grappling with the thought that Donna might be cheating on him, he is sitting in the kitchen area and he's eating what looks like ice cream, but it's actually mayonnaise mixed with black olives because they didn't have any ice cream. And he just keeps eating it even though he knows it's disgusting. And so it's just stuff like that that... that, Kind of like you said, it, it doesn't seem like this is his best work. Yeah, and that's sort of where the writing has gone this season. And there have been, I'm thinking back to like Phyllis's wedding. There are instances where Michael is just so, so, so dumb. But there are also instances where like he's this amazing salesman. He's negotiating for Dunder Mifflin to buy out the Michael Scott Paper Company. He's just sometimes written in a little bit of an uneven way. But I'd also say that's sort of the writing across the board on this show sometimes. So that's all I have for the annex. Curtis, who gets fired this episode? We lose Michael because he is constantly talking about his sex life throughout this entire episode. Yeah. And that's just not appropriate uh, work conversation. Yeah, he's having conference room meetings to brag about and get ideas for him and his girlfriend. Yes. That is Michael's 10th firing this season. It's his 58th overall. Antoinette, what is your Dundee for this episode? My Dundee award is solid medical advice. It goes to Stanley's doctor. And this comes up <laughs> because Andy gets off the phone with a client who says that the printer started smoking and was on fire. And Andy tells this to Stanley. 
And Stanley says, well, my doctor says I need to stop eating hot dogs. We all have problems. <laughs> that is good medical advice because I just listened to the Stuff You Should Know podcast that was just all about hot dogs. And apparently the University of Michigan has done a study and eating hot dogs will take something like 30 minutes off your life per hot dog. So Joey Chestnut's going to drop dead like any minute now. Yeah. Yeah, it's something about just that combination of uh, the hot meat slurry in a wood chip casing. I once, for my previous job, we toured a like meat casing factory. It's literally the only one in Illinois, and it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting when they talk about. One, just seeing how wood chips go into, like, is the input and then seeing the output just being this basically, like, um, looks like a film roll of just casing. It's just really gross. And then they say they send it off to, obviously, the producers and that these casings get filled with a hot meat slurry. What is your Dundee Award? I have two. The first is the Doing the Most Award, and that goes to Dwight, who in the gym, kind of as you alluded to earlier, is just being ridiculous. And it is something that, you know, whether in person or on the internet, I'm sure many of us have seen just the over-the-top exercises people do in the gym just in public and don't have any cares in the world that people can see them doing these things <laughs> and so you have Dwight like you said he takes the weight and attaches it to his head and is doing like neck exercises but at the same time he also gets two barbells and does like a, a lat fly but he only does one because he yeah. has entirely too much weight and then he is also on like a I don't know, it's like the the hip extend the ab abductor, yeah, abductor. abductor yeah and he's just like, he's like right next thrusting. to right next to Donna like yes doing thrusts and like groaning and again just something that we have all experienced at some point somebody just making over the top noises in the gym along those same lines I will say with the pandemic I don't miss the nonsensical small chalk at the gym from just old gross men oh god I've had like I always wear headphones working out and listening to music or to a podcast and I've had old men just like you know waving at me to take out my headphone just to just say nonsensical stuff like you're not you're not working out very hard or or like I was on the elliptical once I was like pregnant at the time but not visibly pregnant well you're kind of moving slow today I'm like what the f, f you guy like you have no idea I just threw up before I get in on here so what do you know or like you look like AOC like that that was the statement that's all he had to say or I'm like okay just again like mediocre old white men thinking whatever pops into their head must be said aloud and must be told so yeah that's one thing with the pandemic where people are wearing masks or they're just focusing like like spacing out looking to get in and out where it's like yeah no one has time for that anymore what's your second dundee 
It is truer words have never been spoken. You talked about this before where Michael was sitting behind the reception desk and just making noises and Aaron suggests that he go to his office and he says, no, I just like the attention. Very much so. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows even if he can't see everyone's looking over at him because he is disruptive, disruptive. And again, you've all known that person in a, you know, say you're in the school cafeteria, you're in junior high, high school, and the class clown or the kid that loves attention is laughing really loud and then looking all around to see if everyone's looking at him. That's Michael. He was that kid. Who is your employee of the month? I guess Andy, because he's uncovering something about Saber, even though if he doesn't fully know like what it is. What about you? I chose Dwight. He does have some pretty good moments in this episode. And then the cold clothes, yes. if you will. Uh, it shows that he may have found his colleague as a uh, spin class instructor. It is pretty funny because he sort of, not sort of, he does take over. He's in the front row, but he does take over from the instructor and says, okay, we're approaching a ravine. We all need to take this jump. And the instructor says, no, we're actually coming to a cool town. We're going to go down this gently rolling hill. No, that's a trap. That, that hill is a trap. We need to go this way. So some people jump with him. He sees who does and who doesn't and then just turns around and is like, you're dead. You're dead. I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> Which, I don't know. Have you done a spin class, Curtis? No. They're okay. It's not my cup of tea, I would say. I you never know how much tension to put on the bike. Like, sure. they're telling you, like, what you should be looking for. But you're just like, I don't know. It's kind of easy. So then you up it, and then the next – and then you can't do it, and it's ridiculous. I've done Soul Cycle one time, and it was interesting. It It is the smallest room you've ever been in with all the bikes crammed in. You're supposed to lift your arms at some points, but you are literally touching – all the people next to you so it's interesting but maybe if all of the spin instructors were like dwight <laughs> you might weed out some of the people that yeah. can't handle that now you just do it at home on your peloton right <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up this episode be sure to follow us on twitter at downsizing pod to get all the latest updates and keep listening to us on google podcasts apple podcasts spotify Wherever you're listening to us, be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment in order to keep getting our name out there. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.